Well, hello, and welcome to Watch What Crappens, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. We're not eating today during this show or ever again. <laughs> it's a podcast. The podcast about all that crap we love to talk about on He Old Props. Hi, I'm Ronnie, and that's Ben over there. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ronnie, what's How up? How are you, Ben? Oh, my God, I am so excited, Rondal. Are you excited? I sure am. Um, yeah. And scared, terrified, but excited. So go ahead and tell them why you're so excited, Ben. Well, we've been teasing this for a while, and a lot of people have been asking us about this. And we are happy to announce that we, the residents of Watcher Crappens, Watcher Crappens is going back on tour. And this is, we are so excited. We have not been able to go on tour. It'll be coming up on two years. And not only is this going on tour, this will also mark our 10-year anniversary. So we have named it the 10-year anniversary Hunky Dory Tour, and we are going to a million cities. And here's what really, we're really excited about. In the past, we've always been like, oh, here's a new city that's on sale, and oh, here's a new city, and, and everyone sort of comes out drips and drabs. Not this time. This time, it's 21 cities. It's no more, no less. These are the cities, and they're all going on sale on Friday, so it's gonna be all at once, and and it's gonna we're just it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. It is, and we're gonna be making up a lot of the shows that we missed due to COVID. So if you hear your city and you have tickets for it, guess what? You still have tickets for it. Okay, um, just go to the link and, and uh, figure out how. But we're gonna be coming back and making up all of these trips, and further, I think even a bigger announcement, or at least yes. equal, yes. for the first time ever. We are going to be doing the annual Golden Crappy Awards in New York City. That show, Bravo. yeah, that show is going to actually be huge because it's our it's our first show back. It's our first ever Crappies in New York City, and the timing works out that it is literally our ten year anniversary. Our ten year anniversary. I think our ten year anniversary is technically the day before. So that show is going to be so so special. So we really hope everyone can come to that, and it's also um, at a really cool venue. So we're not going to go through every city on every podcast and drive everyone nuts. But since this is the the big announcement, we are going to go through the cities now. We'll go through through them again one more time, maybe. But here, if listen for your city, okay, and uh, of course, go to our website, watchercrappens.com, um, for information and and links to to all these venues. Okay, so here are the cities. Are you ready? Are you ready, Ronnie? Are you ready for the I'm cities? Ready. Do it. Hi. All right. These are the cities in the order that we will be um, going to them: New York, New York, Asbury Park, Boston, Atlanta, Nashville. Orlando, San Diego, Los Angeles, St. Paul, Milwaukee, Chicago, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh, Denver, San Francisco, Detroit, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Houston, and finally, we wrap it all up in Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw! Yep, we're, this is going to be so much fun. So get your tickets Friday, check the website for the link, and all of that good stuff. So Good. That's out of the way. Very yeah. excited. Going to be starving myself until then. So I know I'm going to oh be God. shrinking a lot in the next couple of months. Hopefully, I'm doing the good old fashioned pray to Jesus prayer that I learned about from the documentary The Way Down. So it works. <laughs> I'm literally not doing anything. I'm. I don't know. I'm doing a little pelotoning, but um, yeah. I uh, 
I saw a picture of myself this weekend, and I was like, am I really going to be going back out on tour with this, with this? And I'm um, just worried about the people next to me on the plane seat, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm going to be praying to Jesus. Don't have a dealer here, so it's going to be willpower and Jesus. So wish me luck. <laughs> speaking, of, All right. speaking of Jesus and needing luck, how about we go over to Salt Lake City for the Real Housewives oh of Salt Lake City. It's a great time, a great time to do it. Um, and what a fun episode. What a fun, ridiculous episode with some sad stuff, but also some like my new favorite scandal on Salt Lake City. I mean, here we thought the big scandals were going to be about Jen Shaw going to jail or Mary running our cult, but um, no one told us that there'd be a catering scandal that would plague this season. And I'm, I'm all for it. Yep. Just when you think the housewives can't think of anything new, it's a catering scandal. <laughs> <laughs> Catergate. Yeah. So um uh it opens up. We get, we don't even do like the oh here's what everyone's doing in Salt Lake City. We just open up with Whitney at one of those aerial workout things where they have silk and you're getting it's like I just always think about Yolanda, Yolanda Hadid, because I feel like she was the one who introduced those workouts to us on Bravo when she had the girls go and do that. And I feel like Kim Richards was there and who knew it was be un- it would be unleashing a whole new you know entry into the, the Bravo canon you know unleashing I wouldn't call it an unleashing because like an unleashing is like unleash the kraken or whatever and then it's like whoosh it's more like a it started a long time it's like a Keurig machine you know you start it mm. and it's supposed to unleash your coffee and then you wait for what seems like ten hours and then you hear. <laughs> And then it starts like way too late. But yeah, here we are with Silk. I don't know what I'm talking about either. So I, I, I um, like it. Here we are with Silk. Uh, so Whitney is walking really oddly into the gym. I thought it was going to be a very dramatic, scary scene because, like you said, it didn't start off with a, oh, oh, here's what's happening. Uh, yeah. So I was like, what's, is she walking into a confrontation? Because she's like walking kind of funny and her like bangs were kind of funny as they are. And <laughs> no, it was veins. just a silk place. So she walks in and, um, you know, a, a gay is there and he's like, hi, I'm Michael. Have you ever done this? And she's <laughs> like, um, I've never done silks, but I am no stranger to the pole. And he's like, yes, <laughs> yes, love balls. <laughs> Whitney never fails to incorporate stripper bowls into anything she's doing. It's like, ma'am, um, have you renewed your DMV license? No, but I know my way around a pole. It's like, well, ma'am, that's great, but that's not going to help us in this situation. <laughs> Santa Claus brings presents down and eats a cookie. And she's like, hi, Santa. I am no stranger to the pole. <laughs> He's like, really? I've never seen you around town. The stripper pole. <laughs> He's like, oh, I was not expecting wordplay from you. So then... Uh, <laughs> Were you expecting pole play? I am no stranger to the pole. I'm no stranger to elves. She would meet, she would meet a Polish person and be like, I'm no stranger to the pole. <laughs> she, mm. I was going to try to craft some sort of pole pot joke, but then I felt like I couldn't do it. And you want to stick the landing if you're going to make a pole pot joke. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> So Lisa Lisa shows up. She's like, hi. 
And when he's like, welcome to our playground. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love this. We're going to swing together. I love that. Which, by the way, you have to be careful when you say that to Whitney. Okay, you have to be real careful. She might take well, I think she I think she was making a joke, right? Because she's like, we're going to oh. swing together. Hey, you guys realize I haven't worked out in nine years, right? My last workout was Slayer. Avina Tequila coming out of my brain vagina. My favorite baby. <laughs> I can't wait for her to start, be old enough to start having play dates with my newest baby. Fresh Wolf! Fresh Wolf! <laughs> Fresh waff. So then Lisa takes off her shoes and uh, the spray tan has gone hard on those ankles. I was like, damn. It was like just two little orange things come out. And then uh, Whitney's like, well, this is going to be our thing. This will be our thing. This will so be our thing. It's like how jo- how Henry has fresh waff. We have whatever this is. Hanging drapes. We're dra- hanging drapes around. What is this anyway? People tell me that Lisa is so much fun. I haven't seen that Lisa. So today I'm going to get her upside down to spread her legs and do things that only fun girls do. <laughs> um, so, uh, by the way, I feel like there's probably a large segment of the population that would not find this entire process fun at all. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think like, I know, I don't think I want to do the silk thing. Like that would not be a demonstration of fun, Ben, for sure. Yeah, that does not look fun. All I can think is, I'm going to fart. Like, I do not want to <laughs> yeah. do that. I don't want to be around anybody with that. No. It's, yeah, I agree. So um, so now the teacher does, like, a demonstration. Let's do this. Okay. I feel like I'm a dancer. There it is. Amazing. I love this. Just, like, a montage of them just saying <laughs> yeah. things and twirling. <laughs> Lisa's like, hanging upside down with my legs wide open. It's like living in Whitney's autobiography, minus the bad bangs. <laughs> this is good news. You know, we have Jaredith, uh, Jaredith, Jen and Meredith. They're hanging out again. And then we have me and Whitney. Maybe Heather's next. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then they, they come up with, like, names for themselves. Like, if they were going to be, like, in some sort of dang, like, an aerialist show. And Whitney's like, I am going to be... Randy Starr with two R's. And Lisa says, I'll be Jasmine flying for Aladdin on the magic carpet. I'm like, there's nothing about this connotes flying on a magic carpet. <laughs> You're dangling on a silk. Um, also, I thought I heard the name Randy Starr before. So I looked it up. Randy Starr is an American dentist, but he's also a singer-songwriter known for writing 12 songs for Elvis Presley. So... You know, wow. leave it up. To Is he Whitney. related to Brenda K. Star? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't Google that. Far. I still believe. Um, oh. Well, <laughs> I still believe. Remember? Remember? Yes, of course. Uh, so Lisa's like, Randy Star? That may sound like a stripper name, but I'm not surprised. She loves her Paul. <laughs> yeah, they both accuse each other of having stripper names. Uh, and then there's like fonts on screen and stuff. So then we go to uh, something much sadder, which is Mary and Robert in a kitchen. <laughs> uh, where all the, anytime we need a moment of just like sadness, we go to Mary's kitchen because something always is happening there where where we just feel sad. Yeah, so uh, for Robert real. is, and then Robert yeah. is just Robert is just such a sad guy, and everything is inappropriate in their house. You know, they can't do anything without me just cringing um, because. She comes into the kitchen and he goes, hey, baby girl. Okay, look, I get sometimes husbands and wives do that to each other. Like, hey, baby girl, come on in and eat. But you are her grandfather, sir. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you can't get away with normal lingo like that. Yeah. So uh, he's cooking something and um, she's like, what are you making? He's like, well, whatever comes to the brain. And she's like, well, just make sure it's uh, something that I can eat. And she tells us that Robert Sr. was in Florida just before the pandemic and got stuck. And they didn't think it was he was going to get stuck for an entire year. And she goes, I loved it. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's become normal for us to be apart because I love it. I love him being far, far away from me. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, she's like, you're not going to put that chicken back on the plate, are you? He's like, what plate? She goes, the plate you just took the raw chicken off of. He's like, let me work on this whatever I'm making that I have no idea. Can't you just say you're making fucking chicken? You're cooking chicken. If someone says, what are you making? And you're putting chicken on a pan. Can you just say chicken? Yeah. And he was doing, was he, didn't he, it looked like he seared it. And then he sliced it to cook it some more, right? Yeah, he threw some raw chicken breast on there on a too hot pan, and it cooked on the outside, and then he cut it open, and it was raw on the inside. Yeah, it looked all wrong. And um, uh, Mary, uh, so it turns out, shockingly, they have a terrible marriage. And so, um, you know, she said that basically, like, you know, when he when he came back, initially it was, like, really fun and exciting, and then he starts to get comfortable, and now he's comfortable, and she starts thinking of, places that he can go off to and then the real the real issue that we get down to is that um mary tells us that she loves rice and she goes i eat rice a lot but i like the long grains and he always makes the short ones like how does he not know that about me like like he's like here you are and i'm like oh the short rice (laughs) (laughs) she's tormented by arborio rice basically (laughs) one thing that could stop that is going to the grocery store and buying long grain rice (laughs) that will help I, I don't want to. I don't want to get in the middle of anyone's marriage, but <laughs> so he's like, okay, good, this chicken is uh, perfectly pink inside. I think it's done. Uh, should we eat now or should we wait? And she's like, I could sit down. He goes, okay, well, whatever. Well, I could also wait. <laughs> okay, just wait. Either way, you're gonna feel really shitty after. I can guarantee you that because that yeah. shit is pink. The longer you wait. The, the more time your chicken sashimi has to cool down. So you better get it while the getting is good. Guess what? It's time for another scene with me, Lisa Barlow. Oh my God, is this place called Fish Kiss? I want to kiss a fish. Yeah, Fish Kiss Fish Bar. Oh my God, do they sell fresh wolf at Fish Kiss? Oh my God, that'll be amazing. And the guy's like, um, are your feet ticklish? It's just the same gay in every scene in Salt Lake City. There's <laughs> yeah, like one gay, wanted. so he's just in every in every scene. Yeah. He's like, are your feet ticklish? And she's like, oh my god, my feet are so ticklish. <laughs> so ticklish. So Jenny shows up, and Lisa has a way of saying Jenny that's like very, <laughs> I don't know, it's like if it's borderline annoying and hilarious. She goes, Jenny, Jenny. She always like does that really long. Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Hi, Meredith. Hi, Meredith. Uh, Meredith comes in, and Meredith is one of those creepy huggers. Like, she hugs you, and then she like holds your shoulders and looks deeply into your eyes. Like, I really meant that hug. It's a very Nicole Kidman acting technique thing, right? Like, that's something where Nicole Kidman has been told that she is playing you know, an, a sympathetic person or an empathetic person. And that's like Nicole Kimmons like, all right, to express that, I'm going to clasp their shoulders and stare into their eyes. And Meredith Marks is like, I like the way she does that. So I'm going to take a page out of the Kidman book. I just hugged you, but hold on. I meant that. 
<laughs> so um, Lisa's like, I'm so neurotic about my feet. I have to get two powder cars I'll wear during the winter. Yeah, because I like to walk barefoot on the ice with all the salt on it. So I have to get lots of powder cars. Right now, my feet are purple. <laughs> um, so housewives are so good about just doing shit in towns that you wonder, how is that business still open? I mean, in this yeah. one episode, we've got the ribbon flying or whatever the hell you call that and the feet eat your dead skin thing. Like, how did these places stay in business? Are there people who regularly are like, well, going to go to the fish place and get my skin eaten off? I know. And how did they survive during through the pandemic? I mean, hats off to them. But like, I'm impressed. So then Jenny uh, Jenny chimes in with a thoroughly uninteresting story <laughs> about fish spas. She was like, we took a trip to Thailand and we went to a fish spa and I thought like a fish spa. Cool. Nice. And then damn, like those fish were flipping big. I'm like, I'm going to get piranhas. They're eating my, my feet alive. But like these fish are babies and I could do this. I have trauma, but I'll be okay. I'm like, that was like wholly unnecessary to my life. That, <laughs> that story. <laughs> Well, the big one was coming after me again. Oh my god, you have little jaws in there. Little jaws. And Meredith goes, I want to hear about your day with Whitney. Did you hear that she did something? <laughs> she like uh, tried to use vocal fry and it like kind of got away from her. Did you hear that? Meredith is having a really weird episode. <laughs> She's like a little uncalibrated. She's like a TV where you have to like go in the back and fix like the V the V bar or whatever it was called. Yeah. Or the tracking on the VCR. Yeah. Get those rabbit ears adjusted. So Lisa's <laughs> like, we had so much progress, but you know what? I don't work out, so I'm excited. I have to be with the kids because I work so much. But then John, John grabs the gym bag and like I realized one time, like that's a trigger for me because like he's choosing the gym over me. But then once I realized it was a trigger, I could like let it go so jenny has dewey so what <laughs> lisa's like i realize my story is about as uninteresting as jenny's story about big fish so i'm just gonna turn it away okay back to you jenny what's your stupid story can you top mine oh well there was this one time i went to a hallmark store and i thought i was gonna get a shoebox greeting and it was an actual shoebox and it greeted me and i thought that's so literal but i didn't buy it i just bought a regular card okay lisa what do you got so uh jenny tells them that he's in his 50s and lisa's like oh my god but you look so young so jenny brings up in she needs input she's like i have a marriage issue you know i don't want any more kids because like i'm older and i tied my tubes but dewey still wants more and meredith is like that's i'm going back to ground zero and yes i am referring to terrorism <laughs> i'm like i was wondering I think she meant square one, not ground zero. <laughs> it's, like, it's like going back to the place that nuclear bombs dropped out of your vagina and into the world. Oh, gosh. So uh, so Jenny is saying that she can't handle another child and that, you know, she says that she had 13 pregnancies and like 10 were, nine were miscarriages. One was a stillborn. I mean, obviously just like, you know just so hard and uh she's talking about how emotional it is and she starts talking about her uh her stillbirth and um it's just like a very emotional story about basically how she was sedated through all of it but dewey like witnessed it and witnessed this you know their daughter basically dying in front of him and that she he was basically traumatized by that yeah 
And um, Meredith's like, well, I was strongly suggest a counselor because you guys really have to communicate or it's going to harm your marriage. Look him, grab him by the shoulders, look him right in the eye and say, Dilly, I need you to be there next time Brooks has a fashion show with one jogging <laughs> design and we're done. Otherwise, you guys are just going to wind up like the Hindenburg again, if you know what I'm saying. So then um, Jen goes to a jewelry store with Stu, her assistant. Oh, and this, I, I wrote down this note, Ronnie, because this is the, uh, the music. I wrote down, monocle choir, real weird. It's like they're playing three blind mice, but they're also falling over. Did you notice this? It was like, uh. oh. <laughs> Another banger from the Trixie Monoclackle Choir. <laughs> Monoclackle. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Jen Shaw and Stu Chains are at a jeweler, uh, and they encounter their friend Tony, who does not look like he's part of organized crime whatsoever. No, not at all. He's like, hey, you guys watch the new thing on HBO Max? You know what's about <laughs> Tony's son, eh? <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, Jen is like looking at some emeralds and everything. And she says that she wants to do something for her group of friends. Um, she wants to show them that she just wants to move, leave everything in the past and move forward. And she wants to do something symbolic, like buying them all jewelry. Yeah. She says her love language is money, basically. Which, <laughs> you know, knowing everything that we know now is so sick. You know, yeah. it's like all the money you steal from the old people is your love language. Spending it on She's stealing people, love. I guess, who deserve it. Is that like some sort of like ode to youth? I don't know. It's like Listen, Ronnie, take from the old no, and give to the young. If no one's loving you, you gotta you gotta get that love yourself. So she just was getting her love. That's all. I guess money is her love language. It's like Robin Hood, but for age. You know, steal from the old and give to the young. Um, <laughs> Isn't so that just the, like I feel like that's life. I feel like that. I feel like that's just society. Yeah, unless you're old enough, then you get given back to. But it's like a lot less than you thought you were supposed to be getting. Oh, yeah. this is getting depressing. Okay, so um, the guy's like, yo, yo, you can get this if there's snakes in your life. You know why? Because it's in the shape of a snake, eh? You like that, eh? Carmella liked it. She liked it a whole <laughs> goddamn lot, I'll tell you that much, eh? And uh, Stu is basically like, don't buy that. That's not going to go well. She's like, no, 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 hear me out. Because snakes shed skin and you know we can shed skin and snakes are some people have them as pets and those people like snakes um another thing about snakes is that they're sometimes used in band names white white snake people like that band and <laughs> she's like trying to come up with idea like she's trying to basically find a way so that way she can buy the snake ring and give it to Meredith, but then say it was a compliment, right? She's trying right. to, like, preload the excuse. I mean, when you poop too much, people have to come to your house and use a snake. Like an unclogged shit, okay? I'm gonna get this for <laughs> Meredith, okay? Because snakes shed their skin, and then they eat mammals. What the hell kind of thing is that? <laughs> what kind of card do you put with the gift like that when that's your intention? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work. So then Tony goes, hey, what about snowflake? You know, because every snowflake is different and every snowflake is fresh. Every kiss begins with snowflake. Yeah. Yeah, and 
and like every snowflake, I mean, snowflakes fucking cry all the time. How about little trophies so everyone can get a trophy, okay? <laughs> Stu's like, mm, I don't think you're uh, doing this in the right spirit, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> and then um so ultimately uh she decides she is gonna do um snowflakes and she's gonna get them as a necklace and Stu goes i like that i like that i was like you don't try to do your own version of lisa barlow it's not the same <laughs> i know i like just waiting for her to get arrested so he can jump ship and start working at fresh wolf <laughs> i like that i like that so this is gonna cost 20 uh this is between 2700 and 3200 and Stu's like, ouch, oh my God. Well, I guess we get it, better get another burner on our way out of here. <laughs> Stop by yeah. the 7-Eleven. We got to rob a lot more seniors for this shit. <laughs> Seriously. So now we go to Heather with Ashley, and they're looking at college materials. And um, Ashley's excited to go to school, and she's debating. She has to figure out her roommate situation, and she's debating whether or not to get, like, one or two more. And she's so sweet. She goes, I'm thinking, like, maybe three is best because then you get two friends. <laughs> and you just know, like, anyone who is watching who's ever had roommates, like, mm, no. <laughs> you're not coming out with two friends. No. Yeah, you're they're going to be with, putting like, there in your fucking <laughs> conditioner bottle. I'll tell you that right now, Coming out with now, some man. therapy sessions. <laughs> 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 she's gonna be that annoying roommate who's just gonna be like guys let's hang out come on guys like ugh, fucking utah girl <laughs> fucking ashley again <laughs> fucking ashley trying to watch trying to find bird porn on the internet because <laughs> her mom's just trying to talk about the birds and the bees i really want to learn <sighs> so, so um they talk about college and stuff and then heather tries to bring up the birds and the bees and she's like because my parents didn't have a conversation about birds and bees i mean there was just i mean here's the lesson there are no birds and there are no bees and if you see a bird <laughs> or you're a bee kill them because they're fucking sinners all right so <laughs> they emerge from a rift in time and space from another from another parallel uh multiverse and uh so they don't have sex and that's how that's they don't they don't reproduce. They just appear. Okay? That's all you need to know. So um, Heather's like, okay, well, when two people love each other very much, well, generally they divorce because they've already stopped fucking by the time they realize that they love that person that much. I watch TV. <laughs> I know how I know how this works. So um, when a man and a woman love each other very much, they knock out they, – they, they kick out their one or two roommates who then have to stand in the hallway while they have sex. That's what's going to happen. So look out for socks on doorknobs. So she's like, well, I mean, look, this is how I describe sex to my girls. When our kitten Stormy was in heat, she got out, and then she came home after being involved in some kind of cat orgy. And I said, Stormy got a taste of the world and never went out again. And that's how they learned. Jeez. <laughs> So it's the lesson that if you you go out and and you you leave the nest, you're gonna have sex and want to come back to the nest. So don't have sex because that means you have to come back to the nest. I'm, I'm I don't trying know. to figure out the message. Le- don't don't even try. I mean, it was hard I, enough growing up, like you know, really really super Christian. At least they sent me to a camp to learn about sex. I mean, it was like a Jesus camp where they taught you in a very holy way about it. But still, at least at least it was something. I mean, this is terrifying. I feel bad for Stormy. I think Stormy, I think Stormy grew up a lot faster than she was ready for. <laughs> How do you feel sorry for Stormy and not me when I told you I just learned about sex from Jesus Camp? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Stormy is the newer information. 
<laughs> the Jesus camp uh, thing. I, I've I've accepted that and I've internalized it and I've I've expressed empathy and sympathy towards you. I've, exactly. I have clasped your shoulders and stared into your eyes after a hug and been like, "Ronnie, yeah. it's gonna be okay." Yeah, that was a previous season. It's now scrubbed. Yeah, so Storm Heather... is kind of like the new Ronnie. <laughs> God, carpenters are hot. I still think carpenters are hot. Even you know, when I remember Carpenter's song comes on. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Why do birds suddenly appear? Oh my God! Oh, it all comes kill back. It. Kill it! <laughs> <laughs> it came from its bird multiverse. <laughs> Heather's just beating the stereo with the ten- tennis racket. <laughs> Heather still doesn't know the answer to that song. Why do birds suddenly appear if they're not having sex? Because they don't have sex, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see here. So she's like, listen, I just want you to know it can be pretty debaucherous out there. I mean, it's a lot of sex, you know, and partying and kids wilding out. I, I just don't want you to feel pressure to put out or anything. And um, Ashley's like, well, but mom, you raised me, so I'm like you. And she's like, uh, I went home with a guy from a premiere party last year whose name I didn't know. So you know what? Let's just don't – you don't want to be like me. You don't want to be like yeah. me. Right? All right, kiddo. Have fun going to one of the top party schools in the, in the nation. Bye. <laughs> it's time for a commercial. It's time for a Crappens commercial. And now – and now the main event, which is uh, only halfway through the episode. So uh, Whitney and Justin arrive at a place called Nino Viejo. Does that mean nine lives? Nino Viejo. No, it means old no. boy. <laughs> I really have to get back to my Spanish <laughs> lesson. <laughs> of course it doesn't mean. Nino, I knew the El Nino. Of course that doesn't mean nine. <laughs> like, I mean, I think that's what it Nino means. Nino Viejo, which as we all know, means nine lives <laughs> for yeah. Stormy. It's dedication to Stormy. <laughs> Let's go eat an old boy. Oh, yeah. Um, so Whitney and Justin are meeting up with Lisa and John. And Lisa's like, how are you? Isn't this, like, pretty up here? It's so pretty. And there's, like, no conflicts of interest with anything here in this restaurant. I love that about it. And Justin's like, I didn't even know this existed. Our driver got lost. And Whitney's like, yeah, we went down a dark alley. And I was like, Lisa... <laughs> yeah that's what hey. i think every time i go down a dark alley <laughs> lisa oh, damn it is that you lisa, lisa Barlow. i just you know what i thought you're i thought you could use a better aftershave that's all <laughs> i was just waiting just in case yeah you know what you're like where is she taking us where is she ta- what is this like awful place they're taking us well we're on to good times now whitney you're safe you're safe with me whitney i love that I just sucks. And Justin's like, uh, how was that? She goes, my equilibrium was off. You know what? I, I just can't. I just can't. I can't, like, roll my head like that. <laughs> and Whitney's like, she was really good at the pole. I love stripper poles. Did you know I love stripper poles? Yes, Whitney. We know it. <laughs> and hey, then- you want to do some shots? That's good, because I am no stranger to the pole. <laughs> um. So... Then we, we also see a flashback of Lisa at Whitney's house on the pole. And Lisa spins around. And afterwards, she goes, I'm going to be sick. That goes fast. That goes fast. As if she were on a ride. I was like, that was you going fast. <laughs> so um, 
Lisa says that, you know, John John said, you need to do this for me because they love hanging out together, Justin and John. JJ, Justin and John, JJ, they love each other. And Whitney's like, whatever it takes. And she's like, yeah, but it was like kind of fun though. We're dating, Whitney. We're dating. Ha ha. Ha ha, Whitney. We're dating, Whitney. Ha ha. Lisa is actually laughing the words out. Ha ha. Like she's being so fake right now. Ha ha, Whitney. Lol. Lol. Hello, L-O-L, Vita Tequila. Oh my God, Vita Tequila cocktails. R O F W L. Rolling fresh rough on the floor. Okay. Floor. 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 Floor, Whitney. My equilibrium. She mentions equilibrium a lot. My equilibrium is really getting rocked right now by these Vita tequilas. Oh my god. I love that. I love that they serve Vita tequila here. What a coincidence. So um, they get drinks and then who comes over to the table? Oh my god. It's Aubrey and Marco. They own it. They're like the hottest chef couple ever. And Whitney's like, what a coincidence. And Whitney tells us, Aubrey and Marco were the caterers that were working Angie's Casino Night until least. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Can we start that over again? <laughs> so she comes Mar- out with her big conspiracy theory. Yes, which is that basically that um that Lisa brought her here so that way they could exonerate like Marco and Aubrey could exonerate Lisa and make it look like she didn't, you know, interfere with Angie's catering. So. Um, so Aubrey and Marco come over. Well, they're, they're like, they keep on coming over. And Marco's like, hey, everyone, welcome to Nino. I got Vita shots for everybody. Oh, my God, what a coincidence. The owner of Vita Tequila right here. What an amazing, amazing coincidence. He looks like a South Park character, this guy. <laughs> well, he looks <laughs> it's appropriate, sort of that neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, so Marco's like, cheers to Vita. And then Aubrey brings over some carnitas and roast chicken. And she's like, oh, my God, Lisa, I cannot believe what Angie's doing right now to you. Literally, we didn't even do her event because we can't leave on a Friday. And Whitney's like, wait, wait, stop, cut scene, stop scene. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. How could you rewind to the good times? Show the tape back when we were having fun. It's like two minutes ago. We are having fun, Lisa. Yeah. It goes like one week earlier. I'm open. I want to get to know you more. Two days earlier. This is going to be our thing. One day earlier. Whitney and I are BFFs now. Ten minutes earlier. (laughs) We're on good terms now, Whitney. Ten seconds ago. Hi, I love you. I love that. So, Aubrey, you know, Aubrey... You know, this this whole scandal with the catering has had lots of stuff coming out that we've been talking about and the text messages and this scene was slated to happen anyway, apparently. But Aubrey, whether or not, whatever it is, Aubrey is really not smooth with her lines. Whatever whatever lines she was given, she does not she just comes in like a sledgehammer. So of course Whitney has her like, you know, yes. her the the whatever it is. Sure. Well, she you know, she's auditioning. Hair on the back of her neck. Is up. She's auditioning in the old boy, for sure, to get on this yeah. show. And Whitney is not having it all. <laughs> she's no. like, well, she's telling us, are you freaking kidding me, Lisa? You've been laughing at my jokes. You've been telling me you love me. Yes, you held my face under a running faucet when we were in the bathroom, and I almost drowned, but you said you were trying to help me with a booger in my nose. I thought we were friends. 
<laughs> yeah. You're just manipulating me and playing the long game to get to get me here to tonight to prove your innocence. So then Aubrey's like, no, no, like, like, no, like we just, we just didn't do her event. And that has nothing to do with Lisa, who happens to be a wonderful person. Wow, Lisa Barlow, I can't believe anyone would speak negatively about you. Wow. Um, I hope you're not too mad because we will be serving you Barlow flan when this is all said and done. Okay. Whitney's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is so fucking staged. Why would you bring up Angie in front of me? And Aubrey's like, um, literally, I was just coming with some carnitas. She's like, no, Angie, I do not want you to do this, Angie. Do not do it. John was like, this is Aubrey. I'm flustered because of emotion and no stripper poles in the restaurant. I was really hopeful it wasn't going to come to this. I was really hopeful that we were going to have a date night. Whitney, Whitney, this is a date night. This is a date night. And also, free food. Hold it in until after dinner's over. Okay, free food. And uh, John's like, it is a date night. And she's like, no, it is a setup, John. And now she is trying to prove to me. It's like that time she told me, Whitney, I have something for you. And she opened the trunk of her car and I looked in and she pushed me in. I will not fall for this again, John. It's like the time when she said I had a stain on my shirt and I looked down and next thing I know, her finger is hitting me in the nose. I will not fall for a trap again. It's like that time she told me that she lost her ring in the bottom of the toaster, and when I tried to fish it out for her, she pushed the toaster starter down. It's like the time when she put her hand on my face and said, Got your nose, and then she pulled it back and she literally had torn my nose off. And I was so scared, and then she opened her hand and her the nose had disappeared and come back to my face, and then I realized it never had left. I'm not falling for that trap again. You're not pulling one over on me, nose lady. Shame on me, Lisa, to think that you wanted to be my friend when you just wanted to come here and cover your tracks. And Marco's like, it's, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Little South Park Marco over there. And Lisa's like, you guys, wait. I am so confused. So Lisa tells us, in a word, why? I think Whitney thinks she's on CSI Salt Lake City. And it's like, literally weird to me. All these like little conspiracy theories she's coming up with. Like, what's the setup? I love that. Can I touch? And Whitney's like, Lisa, why would you bring me here? I am mortified. She's already come between me and Andre. I hope she doesn't come between another friendship and customer because they carry my tequila. Vita tequila. The best tequila on earth. That is not okay. I don't love that. I didn't coach them to say that, okay? I mean, I can't coach people anyway. I mean, look at John. John sit up straight. He's still sl- he's still slumping. You see what I mean? <laughs> I I think you confused me for Sharif. He is the one who's the coach. Whitney goes, Well, then why the fuck would she come to our table and say that right away? Like, do you not take a step back from my perspective, the perspective of a woman who is on a pole right now? <laughs> I don't lie to you. I don't lie. I don't lie. She's like, no, I think that you do lie. You know, you do know how uncomfortable it is to be in this position with you when you've treated me so badly. And then we get like a Justin confessional where he goes, the drinks are amazing and the food it looks amazing. But this great idea that John and I came up with to get our wives together is absolutely backfiring. I'm like, listen, you're getting free food. So I think it's a win. 
So Lisa's just like, listen, you know, Angie, if you have a friend for 20 years, do you pick up the phone and call them or do you ambush them? I mean, what? Come on, what's that about? And Whitney's like, oh my God, I need to calm down. Okay, I'm going to wave my hands in the air in circles. I got heated. I got heated. I'm still waving my hands. Everyone, look at me. I got heated. I'm still waving my hands. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? I'm fixing, I'm fixing my aurora. Aora, I'm fix. I'm fixing my Aora, and I I don't want to yell right now because Justin keeps kicking me under the table and saying, "Free food, stop this! We're getting free food." So I'm going to fix my Aora right now. Well, the bottom line is, I want to be friends with you, but that, but you're not believing me. And she's like, "Do you ever just say the words, I am wrong?" I do. I say it to John all the time. Like that one time, I told him it's okay. I'm not triggered anymore when you go to the gym. And then I said, "Whoops, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I'm triggered. Stay home with the kids, you idiot. I'm leaving you if you don't." <laughs> it's like that time I got pulled over by a police officer, and I was like, "Can I touch?" And then I touched his chest, and he was like, "I'm gonna arrest you now." And I said, "I'm sorry. I was wrong. I was wrong." So um, she's like, listen, and Lisa's mad now. And so she's using like insanely open mouth diction. It was crazy. (laughs) She's like, because I didn't do anything wrong when it comes to Anja. And that's a theory you take to me. I fucked up. And if I did something wrong, I would say it. I did not. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you going to put your fist in your mouth? You're terrifying right now. And Whitney's like, the text messages I read, the cadence, and the timeline, then you need to ask them. You need to ask them, okay? Okay, because I didn't sign them. I didn't know they were being sent. It had nothing to do with me. Just like John going to the gym, it has nothing to do with me. But I am willing to put all of this aside and have a separate relationship with Angie and a separate relationship with you. So how are we going to move on? And the waiter's like, shots? And she goes, yes, yes, shots. (laughs) And by the way, what Winnie does is she just pushed Lisa to the point where now Lisa is like like shouting and like is furious. And now as Lisa is trying to like say her thing, Whitney's like, wait, no, we can't go back to the past. Let's do shots. She basically (laughs) just like silences Lisa. And you can see Lisa is so pissed. Like Lisa's like, fine, like I have to like agree to this, but I'm still so mad. She is so angry. Yeah. And Whitney's like, my ancestors pushed handcarts over mountains. So I think we can get over this, but I don't think I can ever trust Lisa again. Lisa, anytime you bring up the past, it is dismissed to our future. And Lisa's like, to our future. (laughs) I like Whitney saying, let's no longer focus on the past while she's simultaneously talking about her ancestors pushing handcarts over the mountains. (laughs) So now we go to Park City where uh, Coach Shaw is uh he's kind of like playing football with not playing football he's like training his son making him do exercises and stuff with omar young omar and uh jen comes out terrified omar omar (laughs) omar who has really mastered the uh the the side eye towards his mother i mean he really got that down yes so jen comes out and she's like hi guys i feel like i need to get daddy hyped up hi it's a megaphone look at that do you want me to do a rap in the megaphone she's trying then to in be a all moment, wacky and they're like oh. and then in a great moment of foreshadowing she hits the button on the megaphone that makes a siren go off it's like Ooh. you just see like stew chains go running out of the house with like a laptop <laughs> come on jen 
We only have five minutes. She's screaming through the megaphone. I paid for that snake. <laughs> so uh, Omar just looks miserable. So he he has a 4.0 and, and, she, and Jen wants to celebrate his 4.0. And he just does not want to talk to his mother. And she says that she's going to be volunteering at the school. She's like, are you happy about that? Are you happy? He's like, well. If you want to be there, I don't like you know, as if any fourteen year old wants to see their mom in the hallway. Right. He's like, Well, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But he looks not happy at all. I mean, he has the most miserable face right now. She's like, But come yeah. on, are you glad? And he's like, I guess if you want to. But I want to see you in the hallway and say, Hi, Omar, and maybe meet your friends. And uh, she tells us that making up with her friends is easy, but making up with her family is really hard because they were there when her dad was dying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was knowing Jen. I mean, knowing how Jen was acting last year, imagine when this was all still super fresh, right? So she was just there going crazy all the time. Yeah. And she says, "I, I just want you to say, yes, mommy, I want you to come to school. And he goes, but that's not me telling the truth. And it's like, yeah. And he looks like he's got a lot of anger towards her, but he's trying to be respectful. He keeps looking back at his dad like, don't yell at me, you know? So Sharif is like, well, you know why he's so reserved, right? Because, you know, he doesn't want you to think you have to be there because sometimes you have the best of plans and you say you're going to be there, but then things would happen, you know? And I would be upset too if I were him. So I guess she makes a lot of promises she doesn't keep. So she seems like she seems to be doing a stellar job over there. Basically. Yeah, and then she goes, but mommy's here now. Mommy's here now, which is, again, some more foreshadowing for Jen's potential future <laughs> on the show and in life. So, um, yeah, so then she's basically just pestering him and being like, I'll decorate your locker. I'll decorate your locker, which is what really no one needs is a Jen Shaw decorated locker. <laughs> Although she is good at decorating temporary spaces, as we've learned on this show. That's so true. Um, then uh, he snaps his head to his dad, like, please don't let her decorate my locker. <laughs> I know. And Sharif is like, oh, don't worry. That's what's not going to happen. It's like, wow, happy times over there. It's only going to get worse. I feel bad for that kid. Oh, yeah. So then um, we now go over to tennis courts for another edition of Terrible Tennis on Bravo, <laughs> the the sport that producers make people play. So right. Mary, Mary the sport shows that up. stereotypically housewives should be able to play. So they're scheduled to play every single season of every single show and never know how to play. <laughs> None of them know how to play. Um, so Mary shows up first and she's like, mm, smells like stinky feet in here. Mm. And then Meredith comes in and she's got like all like, uh, you know, she's got like her, her usual like structured blazer on. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a structured blazer jacket kind of thing with a big uh, shoulder pads and stuff. And she's like, well, I used to play a lot, but I don't play all that often anymore. But quite frankly, we haven't even had the conversation about what sport this even is. So it's really not up to you to make assumptions about how I can play this sport. This sport has not even labeled itself. How dare... Do you know how difficult it was for this sport to be labeled, Mary? This sport is a child, and you are speaking about this sport in such a negative way. Um, so Mary doesn't know how to play at all. She's like, she doesn't even know how to play. She's just doing this so she can wear the outfit. And Mary's like, um, I did it for the outfit. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meredith also can't play, by the way. I just want to point that out. And she also is clearly doing, doing it, appearing here for the, to wear this outfit. So um, Meredith is like, so, hold on. I'm, I'm not going to hug you and clasp your shoulders, but I'm going to ask you a question that will feel like a shoulder hug. What sports did you do as a child? And by child, I mean from the ages of zero through 27. <laughs> Mary's like, um, well, horseback riding. I didn't do the skiing. I mean, you know, black people don't ski, right? She goes, that's not true. She goes, yeah, trying to see black people skiing is like looking at a mountain and finding chocolate chips. You won't find them. <laughs> You won't find it. And, and then they cut to her doing snow angels. <laughs> so then um, Sir Meredith is talking about work. And she's I'm just so overwhelmed and crazy with work. And Seth is coming and going. You always know when he's in town because you can hear it right above Salt Lake City. Ah, that's him on a plane. So then I have Mary says those absences make things stronger. And I don't know if that was what she said or if I just have a uh, bad spelling, but with Mary, you really just don't know what she's talking about. Right. Yeah. So she, I think she said way. the absences. <laughs> yeah. She was like, um, uh, she, Mary, Mary starts talking about Robert also being like coming and going and stuff. And she goes, I remember when I got my own bedroom and, uh, because, uh, Robert senior and I don't sleep in the same room. And he's like, this is your room. And I was like, what do you mean this is my room? And at first I thought this is weird, but then I don't know what I did without my own room. I murdered this like, ah, uh-huh. You should try okay. different states. That's a, <laughs> that's a real humdinger right there. <laughs> and so Meredith is saying that, um, she's saying, well, you know, I could be wrong for this, but I would change Robert Sr. I mean, the whole person, you know, to the, person that i want because you want them to hold you or like say sorry about stuff or be passionate you know you just want them to be alive and then you have robert senior (laughs) (laughs) sounds like things are going great so mary is like well if robert jr oh mary says sorry not meredith mary says that basically if robert jr leaves the house then it's just gonna be her and robert senior and she's not really looking forward to that so mary goes she goes, I want to live uh, Italian style, where they live at home and, until they're married, you know, uh, unless someone gets abducted by Bowser into a castle, something like that. Um, I don't know if that's Italian, that may just be Mario, but I see what you're saying there. I just play it for the outfits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mary's like, uh, you know, we're just a puzzle. And like, if you take the middle piece of the puzzle, then the other two pieces don't mesh. And um, she's like, yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. But in my family, when one of the pieces of the puzzle is missing, we say, fuck that. We don't like puzzles anyway. And go get a petty. So. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird when we put a piece of the puzzle back in. When, you know, when Seth comes back from Mississippi, it's like we got all the pieces of the puzzle. But everything's a little stickier now as a result. I don't know. <laughs> so um, so now we go to Jenny and Dewey on the slopes. And they have like a wacky scene of them cross-country skiing, which is supposed to hide the fact that they have massive issues between the two of them. And so they, they're like racing. And it's like, you better get back here. Ha ha ha. Oh, we're competitive. Ha ha ha. This is fun. We have a fun relationship. 
yeah, not buying this, kind of hating Dewey, uh, wish she slid down the hill. Okay, because Dewey did not win any points with anybody, I don't think, in this scene. So he, uh, yeah. of course, immediately he brings up more kids. What's he that? almost won a point. He almost won a point with me, and then he lost. Then he like, he it's you know what he did. He answered. Uh, he, he 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 like got uh, the four hundred dollar question correct on Jeopardy, but then he like lost all the one thousand dollar questions. That's what it was. Cause like I had like a shred of empathy. I, I more than a shred, I feel like what what he went through was like very dramatic. And then it's been this whole scene has been teased all season long. It's in the trailers. And I thought it was gonna be a, like a misdirection. It was all gonna turn out to be a joke. And then when it wasn't a joke, I was like It's worse oh. than you could have ever thought. That's I <laughs> yes. I was the same. I was like, I cannot believe this is really the scene. So basically, he brings up more kids again, and she's like, oh my god, can we just appreciate the three we have? And he says something I don't think I've ever heard anybody say before. He goes, we need to replenish the earth because the world is in bad shape, and it needs more good people. I've heard people saying, like, I'm not bringing a kid into this crazy-ass world, but I've never heard <laughs> someone like, wow, this world is crazy. Let's bring more people into it. Maybe they can clean it up. Yeah. Sir, you have, as far as we can tell, you have three wonderful children. Don't push your luck, okay? <laughs> You're yeah. currently on Bravo TV. Nothing good comes out of this. <laughs> yeah. So um, he keeps going about it. And she's like, you know what? Listen, one mar- miscarriage was hard enough, but I went through 10. And she starts crying. And she's like, I don't like feeling that something's wrong with me. And this is just continuing that. And so he talks about, how he gets where she's coming from, but he still wants them, you know? And he talks about losing his child and how he's still basically empty inside because of it. And so he goes, so what if we get a surrogate? And she's like, so now we're going to raise another infant? No, I don't want to raise a fucking infant. No. Yeah. And he's like, she goes, our life is wonderful right now. Why would you want to change it? And he goes, I just want more kids. <laughs> he just says it as if he's he just wants a Kit Kat. I I just I just want more kids. I mean, and if you don't want to raise another toddler, that means I guess adoption's out of the question. And she's like, Yeah. And he goes, What if we get a sister wife? So at this point, I'm expecting the wacky music to kick in and she throws a snowball, but like, do we get out of here? But she goes, Are you serious right now? So you can't have babies? Uh, and like with me and so it's like let's get a sister wife so you can just have more kids regardless of how i feel and he goes i'm dead serious <laughs> i was like what what oh my god and this is this is this was the sound in my house <laughs> i know it's <laughs> like screaming at the top of my lungs how and also, let's not you. let's not give him a pass for that tie he was wearing during the interview okay like we talked a few weeks ago about their strange like um like surrealist <laughs> Matisse or what not, not Matisse, uh, Magritte kind of like chairs or whatever, or Dolly chairs in their dining room. And now I, now you see his tie and you realize he's like all about illusions and stuff. He has like a striped tie, but it's like weird stuff inside it. Did you notice that? Is this mm-hmm. just like a Ben fascination? No. Yeah. I didn't notice it. No. Um, so he, sorry, yeah. but I will, ne- I will next look for the so tie. It was terrible. I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie about it. Okay. So maybe we should just get a sister wife. Maybe she'd notice. We yeah, can get she, a sister wife to fill all the holes in between us. Oh, I would totally get a sister wife if it meant that she would do all like the annoying stuff in life. Hell yeah. So Dewey's like, you know, it's not uncommon in our culture. My grandfather had five wives and they all got along. 
And Jenny's like, uh, yeah, it happens in our culture, but I don't want that. And if murder wasn't a felony, he would be dead right now. So he's like, it's our family. She goes, this is not about our family. This is about what you want. And you're not thinking about me. And you think, go have sex with someone else. Go have more kids and have fun. Like, you think you can just do this. So she is furious. And he's like, Jenny, come back. Because she goes up and she walks away. She goes, we are done. We're done. And um, and that's where actually the episode ends. So congratulations, Salt Lake City. You managed to wedge in polygamy <laughs> into the storylines of an already pretty pretty major uh, collection of storylines. Right. They wove it in in the most unexpected way, right? Yeah. Crazy. Because I was thinking, like, why is Jenny here? She doesn't really do – she definitely gives off friend of energy. She doesn't really seem to interact with much of the cast or she doesn't – like, she definitely did not cause as much drama as Angie did in her one episode. But then this happened. I was like, oh, because Bravo wants its polygamy storyline for you. Well, so Sean Medea told me that it was originally Jenny as a friend of and Angie as a main housewife. But then because of Angie's views, they canned her. And supposedly that first party was the first filming day when they were all getting back together. And oh. yeah, it's all it's like a weird timeline. What are of Angie's views? Are they problematic? Apparently, she's like a like really QAnon-y conspiracy theory type oh, and um, deleted all of it from her Instagram. And now she just has a bunch of like alien <laughs> conspiracies and, you know, other, you know, like here's the outfit I'm wearing today because she's an influencer. So I don't know if any of that's true because I didn't see any of that with my own eyes, but that's what I'm reading online. Oh, gosh. But man, that's a bummer <laughs> if, if it's true, if it's true. But yeah, uh, yeah, because Angie's definitely giving more like a real housewife vibe, right? But you know, we'll see. I mean, we got Jenny right, and she's bring, Jenny's bringing the polygamy, and no one else is doing that on Bravo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, they're doing it on TLC, but do we need to go down that road? No, that's my no, question. No. No. But um, fun episode, uh, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, go get your tickets this Friday. Just go to watchwhatcrappens.com for our live shows. And uh, we will talk to you next time, eh, Bean? Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Allison King. Ashley Savoni, she don't take no baloney. Dana C. Dana do. She's not just a Sheila. She's a Daniela. Itchels. Aaron McNicholas, she don't miss no trickleus. Ava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. We McLovin, Karen McClelland. She's always supplying, it's Kelly Ryan. Let's give a kisserino to Lisa Lino. Megan Berg, you can't have a burger without the Berg. You don't touch the Nikki Morgan letters. The Bay Area Betches. Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Better than Tabuli, it's Annie and Julie. Always the wiser, it's Allison Weasler. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Can't have a meal without the Emily Sides. We will, we will, Joanna Rockland, you. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. We're letting the catlet out the bag it's lily catlett the incredible edible matthew sisters no one makes us feel well like megan cap sewell she's cheese on a bagel it's megan ragel mina coochie coochie coo 
Bulgy. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Shannon out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kutar. We love you guys.